Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm flying solo without my dad on this episode. I happen to be traveling, but I'm not totally solo because I'm here with two friends, Travis and Emily Huff. Welcome. Good to have you guys here. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank (laughs) you so much. And Travis, I'm just going to... You were not expecting this. Emily is like, we're going to do this podcast and I'm, yes. I'm here at your, your apartment. Um, I, wanna, I want you to tell your story because um, I've known Emily for about a year now and uh, she knew I was coming out here to California and reached out and said, and by the way, I'm married and I got married. And so your whole wedding story, there's a lot. But what you said to me was got married in Jerusalem on October 10th. And that is a totally loaded thing. Um, there's a lot that is, <laughs> is embedded into the beginning of that story. That's true. Um, and so we all know, we've been talking about this on our podcast for quite a while. October 7th um, really changed the world, um, and especially for the Jewish community and for Israel. Uh, our, how it impacted us immediately was we were going to Israel on October 8th, uh, leading a tour with 35 people. And I woke up on Saturday, October 7th with a bunch of text messages asking me, are we still going to Israel? I'm all, what? And you start to, that, how that day unfolded for us was um, shocking. And really, as we keep hearing more and more stories, I don't know if the shock has, has worn off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, want, I want to um, hear your story. Um, you were already going to be there in Israel, but something was different. Now, before we like totally jump into the wedding story, um, you are an American and a Brit. You are a Gentile and a Jew, and you have come together. Um, Emily, I want you to just start um, your passion for Israel. You're not just like a, a believer who loves Israel. You are, you've done tours to Israel. I got to join you for a day uh, this last year and get to hang out with your group on Mount Tabor. And uh, we, had, we had a good time. But God has put something in you, uh, not just a, a passion, but you are consumed with mm-hmm. the people of God and this place mm-hmm. that he's put us. Uh, where did that start? Well, funnily enough, I actually um, was quite anti-Israel in university. So my dad's a Holocaust survivor. My dad's Jewish. Sorry, my grandfather's a Holocaust survivor and my dad's Jewish. And I um, became a believer in Jesus 10 years ago. And um, my grandmother, who really was the person to tell me about Jesus, loved Israel and she prayed for Israel daily. And so mm. I would come to her and have arguments with her about like, why are you sending money to Israel? Why are you praying for Israel? You should be praying for the Palestinians, you know, all the things. It's apartheid, everything. And I did my whole university dissertation on an anti-Israel topic as well. Wow. And so um, actually um, I wasn't I was the opposite of being passionate. I was very anti. And How, how does that happen coming from a, a family of Holocaust survivors? What, what, yeah. How was that taught to you? I actually think that there is a spirit behind it, a spirit of anti-Semitism behind it. And I think it came from a lot of the left-wing university uh, establishments that I was at. So my teacher in media communications was very anti-Israel. And so a lot of my friends were actually as well. And if my friends who were involved in politics um, and some of my Arab friends as well. So I just, 
kind of jumped on the bandwagon and thought, oh, I'm doing something good here. I'm fighting for like peace by being anti-Israel. But I actually, looking back, don't think I knew, I definitely 100% didn't know 98% of the facts right. <laughs> and just jumped on that, on that bandwagon. So, so you meet the Lord 10 years ago and how does all of that change? So I actually went to Israel um, on a free trip called Birthright Taglit, uh-huh. and I stayed there for two months. And in that time, well, funnily enough, your whole passion is about story. So why, how I got a heart for Israel is because I was sitting in Jerusalem and the Lord said, uh, this is the beginning and the end of my story. This is, you've been fitting me into your story, uh-huh. but I want you to fit into my story. And my story is is about this place and this is this is my salvation not just for this place but for the nations but it begins here and and this is the the epicenter of my story so how do you backtrack from who you were what you were believing writing dissertations on anti-israel and then you're confronted with this reality what how does that change the story for you it completely radically changed everything because I then did my research and I looked at my Bible in a new way and I read the prophecies about Jewish people returning to the land. And I encountered the Father, I encountered God, I encountered Yeshua, Jesus in a completely different way, in a rich way, in a way that like made sense to me. And so I came back to my Anglican um, British church and started telling every single person that you could hear me like, do you know what's happening in Israel? This is a fulfillment of prophecy. This is God's faithfulness. Yeah. And, and that went over like a ton of bricks. Exactly. And so that's why I then started doing tours to Israel because wow. I wanted to bring young people in the UK who couldn't necessarily afford it or they would rather spend their money elsewhere or they didn't really ever want to go to Israel. I wanted to bring those people to Israel. And so raising money to take those people to Israel so they could experience what I exper- experienced mm. out there. And so that's where it all began. Yeah. And um, Travis, <laughs> your story is much, much different. Israel was not even on your radar. Yes, that's true. And I, I do want to say something real quick, though. It's just I love when she shares this story because it gives me a moment to just kind of like fall in love with her over again. Because, yeah. you know, when you, you do kind of remember those first couple months of when you meet someone and then I get to see this her, her in this moment. And that's like it just brings back those those emotions. The fire so, is yeah, there. I'm glad to be here. This is uh, an extra gift I wasn't expecting. Yeah. But, uh, we'll let you get back to the nachos after. Yes, the nachos will be after. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah, I always say that she's the passion and I'm the, I'm the color. There you go. So maybe we'll even take this like Batman and Robin approach to the conversation as yeah. well. Who knows? So you grow up where and where is Israel and the Jewish people on your radar with all of this? So I grew up in a, a rural um, town in Ohio and um, conservative like Presbyterian Methodist parents uh-huh. and um, definitely every you know as long as I can remember, went to church on Sundays and, you know, the whole just kind of like your, your, I guess, normal American, you know, Midwest, like, you know, typical childhood. Right. Yep. And, um, I would say, you know, so through that and then, you know, I kind of, my journey is very in depth, but we'll, we'll get to that. Like, so I, I, I kind of feel like my, 
my faith is failing me in a way. And then I have a bit of a, a Christian sabbatical, which she always jokes is my not as holy as it sounds. So I kind of like had my faith. I went and kind of looked around to see what the world, the, the world had to offer for 10 years, which is a big part of my testimony. And then coming back to faith, um, you know, shortly before my father passed and just all through that faith journey. And, and then basically about two years prior to Bethel, which would have been a, a year before we met, um, Israel to me was like, Israel was never my, on my radar. In the sense where I, I read it in the Bible, I... It's that Old Testament place. It's like, it, it um, yeah, it feels... I'm a filmmaker, so I've been a filmmaker for 20 years. When I think I, when I think of Israel, when I think of anywhere in the world that I have never been, because right. I don't have a lens to... You know, I haven't seen it with my own two eyes. I visualize what a movie scene would look like. And Israel, to me, looks like, you know... The stereotypical. Like BC, yes. you know, like... You know, everybody in that garb. People and in like, robes and wearing people sandals. People in robes. And that <laughs> right. just, it's like something that just, I, I felt out of touch with. That yep. wasn't the teaching I grew up with. I think, you know, I'm not, I don't remember anything like specific about the teaching growing up about, you know, really a push for Israel. It was spoken on, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't something that I feel like I had a lot of conversations yeah. about. And um, there was a time about a year before I, I met her, there was a trip um, that Bill Johnson's wife was putting together, um, Benny Johnson, in Israel. And I really wanted to go with my mom. So there was this, I feel like the Lord did plant this really beautiful seed at the beginning because that there actually was a fulfillment because my mom went to um, our wedding in Jerusalem and was a part of the tour prior to that, which I think I would love to share her story when the time is right because it's a phenomenal, like a really phenomenal story. And um, so, uh, well, gosh, where was I? Um, God's planting a seed. God's planting a seed with the, the Benny Johnson trip. Yeah. And I really wanted to go. I was taught, call my mom back. We kind of planned on it for several months. And then I think she backed out because of her first cancer scare. Yeah. And I just remember going, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to go with Benny. Um, and then, you know, a year later, I guess at that point, you know, we're both at Bethel. I'm working as an um, executive assistant and pastor at, uh, at Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. She's a student. We don't um, don't ever meet at Bethel. Oh. We finally meet at Asbury University, filming this show called Destination Heaven. And then I meet this beautiful messianic Jewish girl. And I think that's like, that's where Israel started to honestly really become a really big part of my my life. And it wasn't even that you had a choice because to have Emily in your life, that meant also having Israel in your life. You, you cannot divorce Emily from her passion and her love for Jewish people. No, absolutely. It comes and with I, the territory. And, I, and I th it comes with the territory. And, and I, I, I think she's actually, sh we got a prophetic word that I was actually the right man to actually support her in that passion. Mm. And so I think that's, we've, that was a beautiful confirmation for us because you get those along the way, you know, just. We also had <laughs> someone come and share with you. If you don't 
if you don't, if you're not about Israel, don't marry this woman. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So we've had, yeah, significant prophetic words on both sides. And I think that's what's, that was really, what was really beautiful about my, both of my experience. I've been to Israel twice and probably I would say a total of what, two months now. Um, Both of those trips signified differently for my relationship with Israel. And I actually think getting married to, you know, someone with Jewish heritage at Christ Church in the old city, you know, where the stained glass has, you know, a menorah across. And the, that specific date, like, you know, I think that when you, when, when I look back at it, I look like, wow, like there's a lot of significance of, to why this ended up happening. So let's talk about this. Let's get into yes. this piece. You decide, you know, you fall in love, get married. Emily, when we met last year, you were engaged to this guy and you were going to meet him uh, in, in Israel in May. A little bit later, it's going to be his first time. But you meet, you fall in love. You get engaged and then you say, let's get married. All great natural steps. But then you pick uh, October 10th. Um, <laughs> and it, what, what was what was the inspiration there, there? It wasn't just a day that happened to be open. You could book the venue. Um, John 1010 is part of this process, mm-hmm. right? Flesh that out for me. Well, just to preface, I've wanted to get married in Jerusalem for like six years. And it's where I actually felt God show me that that's where I was going to get married. And so I've had this dream, carrying this dream. I mean, every Christian girl has a dream of her perfect wedding, right? So that's... <laughs> but not many are, I want to get I, I want to get married in Jerusalem, right? It's like, no, that's true. Right? Uh, yes. It's like, I want to get on a farm and a pony brings me in or something. Like, you're like, I want to get married in Jerusalem. That's yes. crazy. And it's also because the actual venue, Christ Church, is an Anglican church. It's the oldest Anglican church in the Middle East. And I got... I came to faith in an Anglican church and it has the Jewish and the Gentile. It's just, well, it just wanted to get married there for such a long time. Yes. So that was a easy one to take off the list. That's where I want to do it. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> and then we, there actually was very little pushback from me. I yeah. do have to include that. And then we, uh, <laughs> prayed separately. We were just praying for a date and we both felt 10, 10, October 10th. And, um, I actually opened the Bible and I looked up John 10, 10. I actually didn't know that that was the verse at the time that said this, but, um, I read the thief comes to kill, kill, steal and destroy. And I have come to give you life and life in abundance. And so that felt very fitting, um, that that should be the date. Um, and so we made preparations and that, you know, six months of very, very, very detailed preparations and a quite elaborate <laughs> wedding that we planned. We're going to have a wedding and it's going to be a destination wedding and <laughs> yes. it's in Jerusalem. And we're going to do a four day tour leading up to it with <clears throat> all our wedding guests. And, and you had guests that were going to commit. Like I know some people, they said like, Hey, would you come down to Mexico for our destination wedding? Which is not as expensive as a, of a plane ticket. It's pretty quick to get there. There's not this like background of thousands of years 
of turmoil. This is the people who are showing up to this thing. There's a, there's a, just even to say yes and to book the tickets, there's a yeah. level of love and commitment going oh my into it. Definitely. Right? And like, so it was, it was a lot of our very good friends that were, and family members that were on the tour because they, you know, had been waiting for, I'm 35, so they've been waiting for a very long time to see me married. He's 39. And um, so we had 100 guests that were meant to be there. Uh, that's not how many actually ended up being there, but that's who were meant to be there. And I have friends in Israel, so some of them were Israeli. I have friends in the UK and family members in the UK, so that's a bit of an easier flight to get to. Sure, yeah. And then some people from the US as well. So you, the plan is, let's get married on the 10th, but before that, we're going to do a few days of touring that will lead up to that. And people who are on the tour, they're part of the wedding. Yes. Um, they get they get to come and be invited, and you have all these other people that are going to just show up essentially for the wedding, yes. right? Yes. And we're not so part exactly. of the tour, right? So absolutely, two groups of people. Um, so you get to Israel October what? So we no, get actually, to Israel. We were there September twenty third. Oh, you get yeah. there early. We get we early there early for Yom Kippur and Okay, and it was a really amazing time, actually, very and peaceful incredible. and. We had really beautiful moments. Heidi Baker and her team were there. So we got to go and see mm -hmm. her conference. We got to celebrate Yom Kippur and um, really special time. We won't go into all the details, but. But Travis, even during that time, you're with Heidi Baker and you have a moment and, and God delivers you from something. What is that? Because I think that's that's important to the story. <clears throat> Oh gosh, you know about that story? <laughs> only, only a little bit, only a little bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Yom Kippur was, um, I mean, something that is definitely like, I'll never forget. I mean, I was, we were, I mean, actually it's so funny. We were on a fast and I started to have like really severe, like, um, pains that were mimicking a heart attack. Mm. And I just remember like, like, I was like, something's wrong. Like I, and I even felt like my fingers tingling. You know, and I was like, I'm, there's something kind of like really interesting happening in my body. And it happened like really late. And it was something that I was like, it was, it was, I was really like not feeling well about. And it was interesting. She prayed over me. And I remember later that night that I just kind of like went to, I was struggling to fall asleep. And I was like, I just felt that. I just had to like have the joy of the Lord in in the middle of the tri tribulation, and I just started to smile, like force a smile, and I just kind of and actually that's how I fell asleep that night. But where this ties in is, is um, we end up going to Heidi Baker's. I think is the following day, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually belching uncontrollably for like two days, and which is so interesting because we haven't eaten. We were fasting, so I didn't have anything to actually burp up, but I was just like having, and it felt like really intrusive, didn't it? It was like, it didn't feel natural. It was just like so much of that. We go to Heidi Baker's um, event that she had at, um, in Jerusalem, and at the very end of the service, I remember Emily was like, I really feel like you need to go to the front 
to get prayed for. And I kind of, I had a like, I had a moment where I had to like check. I was like, well, I would go up there because I want Heidi to pray for me. And if Heidi doesn't pray for me, then I'm probably going to be disappointed. And then, so I kind of like almost had like a, the enemy try to trick me into not going down there because I was going to have something very special down there. And I went down and, um, when you know just went and just altar call and this man started praying for me and this the joy of the lord in this moment and it was so intriguing like it was the simplest prayer but he kept just saying it to me over and over that you do not have to be worried you do not have to be stressed you can have the joy of the lord and he prayed it over and over and over and it just like everything that i was feeling in my body like lifted up and um, then I turn around and there's this lady. And we're going to go into the prophetic story because I don't even think that. Did you share that yeah. one? We don't have to go into that, right? Because I don't know if that has anything to do with no, the story. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever you know. I don't think so. But I feel yeah. like that. I feel like I have. got delivered from worry and I just fear got delivered from the worry and fear before happened. everything happened. Right. And that's what I think is important. And yeah. I think that's where, like, that the tie-in is, is Yeah. I just, let me say that so it's actually clear. Um, and then, so I was, after that prayer, I feel like it was just like, I was all the fear and worry that I was carrying doubts, everything that I had for the wedding, Israel, all this, like, I feel like it happened all so fast that like, that was all taken away from me. Like he, the Lord released that from me in that moment. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're there, you guys meet your tour group, tour group shows up, you're touring Israel, it's beautiful, time of your life, we're getting married, we're going to Christ Church, and we're going to have a wedding, uh, and three days before the wedding, on October 7th, where are you guys at? Well, I want to kind of like rewind, actually, because our tour started officially October 6th, so people flew in October 5th. So Thursday, now the tour starts on Friday. It's the end of Sukkot. Yes. And we, we had, had an amazing the party in Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv under the sukkah in this really amazing restaurant that gave us their whole sukkah. Uh-huh. And so it was just this incredible it time incredible of like night. joy and, you know, everyone's there, everyone's turning up. Well, and this is what all of Israel is doing on that Friday, right? Exactly. We're going into the holidays and Simcha Torah, the joy of yeah. the Lord. It, it's the last day of like, there's just so much. It was a day that was Absolutely, there couldn't be two further yeah. sides of the spectrum of joy going to just despair, right? Yeah, and we had most of the oh people gosh. who were on the tour. It was their first time to Israel. Uh-huh. His mom was the first time out of the country ever. Wow. Uh, we had my uncle who's deaf and his two kids, five and seven years old. We had a, a friend of mine whose um, brother uh, uh, is, is disabled and can't walk by himself. So we had a lot of range. We had an atheist. We had... You know, Christian, couple, strong Christians. We, we had many different types of people on this. So interesting. Group. Just to put it into perspective. Yeah, it's a <laughs> ragtag group of people. Yeah. It's oh good. my gosh. So we left Tel Aviv then on the 6th and we went up to the Galilee. Uh-huh. And so we toured a bit of Jaffa, went up to the Galilee. And um, I actually felt that day really uneasy, uh, that whole touring day on the 6th. I was very stressed out. And, you know, you're doing tours. It is stressful, of course. And all my friends and family are there. There's like 40 of us, but it was like an unnatural stress. Like things were going wrong and just felt uneasy. I was like, this is not flow. Something's just not flowing. Right. And, um, and so anyway, we checked into the Magdala hotel in the Galilee, one of the most beautiful places that we could be. 
and we wake up on October 7th and honestly like we don't we just think it's a normal day until we do see the news and we see um you know 4,000 rockets have come into Israel from Gaza but honestly like I've been in Israel quite a few times when there's been rockets coming from Gaza and so I immediately think oh it's fine like don't worry about it it's like another skirmish it's another skirmish it's totally normal yeah that's how we initially and actually like even that. our guide um who lives in jerusalem and you know he's he's lived in israel for like 50 60 years of his life like he also didn't think it was anything big and um so it was really probably most it was probably like around like maybe 12 1 uh, maybe yeah around like midday where we were really understood the kind of like this is what situation. Yeah. And as we were, we were basically getting so <clears throat> many messages from our guests that were coming from overseas, but also like everyone. Yeah. Uh, people were and getting And we were phone getting calls. information about the shutting the tourism down. Yeah. And I have I friends think in when Tel Aviv. Started and to I realize have... it was very serious. And so we were actually on the on a boat in the Sea of Galilee when we actually really understood the severity of it. Yeah. So You're the last boat that's going to be out here we for a while. We were probably the last boat. And we actually... Because um, we didn't know. I don't think at that point we knew about the festival yet. Yeah. Or the kibbutzes being massacred. Like we just knew about the rockets... And then our tour started. So it's like you only have, you know, a half hour in the morning. And it's like, oh, this is going on. And so it was, it was on our radar. But we're just I, out and about doing yeah. the tour thing. We're, we're just but we knew there was something serious by the time we got on the boat on the Galilee. And yeah. um, so when we got off the boat, we had to make a, you know, decision. What do we do now? Like, do we continue on with the tour? What, what do we, people are getting kind of worried. And... Um, we decided our tour guide was incredible and um he said like let's just Amazing. keep on going and do what we can we're here in the galley right now it's actually very safe there wasn't anything happening up there and um unfortunately like that day towards the afternoon that's when we realized there is just no way that anyone's getting on a plane like everyone's flight just started getting canceled the majority of our guests were flying in on the 7th and the 8th and so people were texting us. We were at the airport, our flights. There's Israeli soldiers at the airport trying to get on the last flights and uh, to Thanks Israel. Thanks, my friend Nick had like one of the last flights. That yeah. Um, so that was that was the seventh. Um, and you're getting married in three days. And we're getting married in three days. Yes. So you're you're managing this. The, the the stress and the tension for people who've never been to Israel. This is the worst thing that could happen. People don't go to Israel on tour because they're scared about this moment. And yeah. you're managing their fears, um, which you, you are there in charge and trying to, like, people are looking to you for leadership. And you're also a bride-to-be and, yeah. and a groom-to-be. And, and so there's all of these different pieces that are swirling around. So do you stop the tour? And um, do you hang out in the hotel? What happens... The afternoon of the seventh. What happens on the eighth? So we, um, by the by the time we figure out everything's going on in the afternoon of this, uh, like the evening afternoon of the seventh, we actually all go out on the Galilee and we start praying for what to do next, wow. and also for Israel. And our Muslim bus driver, um, who's from East Jerusalem, came and joined us, and so we got to bless him and pray over his family as well. Mm. 
And um, honestly, there was a lot of like chaos in terms of people had different thoughts. People were thinking different things of what we should do, what we shouldn't do. I Some think people... that was the biggest challenge in yeah. that, on that moment is there's like three kind of different ideas that people had. Um, people were praying into it and some people said we should stay in the galley for two more days. Some people were saying we should stay in, which means we would completely miss our wedding, stay in the galley for one more day. And then I think there were some people that's like, let's just head to Jerusalem because the plan was to go into Jerusalem. The plan was to go to Jerusalem the next day. Yeah. That we already had, you know, accommodation Hotels booked and, right, yeah. and everything. Um, but we could have stayed for another day. And so we literally up until the probably like 10 a.m. on the morning of the 8th, we're going to stay another day. And then do you want to share what happened? Yeah, I think, I mean, this is, I think this moment really encapsulates my whole experience for the wedding in Israel, because to me, the main thing that it, I look back of it is just to trust the Lord, trust mm. the Lord in the plan. We had this date, we had this plan. This is what it is. We were supposed to have this, and now this is what we're left with. You know, because, and that's just on the wedding scale. We were mourning with Israel. It was, to me, a really intriguing time to be there for someone who is relatively um, new to learning about all of this and getting married there. And then I'm there in a really, you know, pivotal time in the history of Israel. And I think that's something that. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of looking into like, how do I like, how do, why, how does, why did we get married at this time, and how does it fit into this? Like unpacking why, why ten ten, you know, with what does the Lord have planned for our life, and that's something that um, I think about all the time. What was the question again? Because I'm getting when we were going to Jerusalem, you had to make a decision. Yeah. So uh, really, when it comes. Everything in this moment, when we were we were in Madela, we told everybody it was going to be 9 a.m. that we were going to, you know, that's when we were going to give everybody the decision on what we were going to do. It's now 10 a.m. We've heard all the voices, and I truly believe in this moment that we should we should stay one more day. I'm kind of a cautious person, more conservative, and I was like, we, we, we do have a lot of wise counsel. We were talking to a former Israeli general who's given us the inside scoop. She knows people who live in Jerusalem, so we kind of had an idea, but I really, truly wanted to stay, and um, I felt like in that moment, she gave me the, the moment in that moment to lead and say, you know, this is up to you, you decide. I think she was kind of died to the idea that we could do either or and it would all be okay. And I get up to talk, tell everybody that we're going to stay for one more day. And I felt like the Lord stopped me in that moment. And he goes, my cautious son, I love you. Mm. I know you want to stay a day, but I want you guys to leave and go to Jerusalem. Wow. And I really felt like that to me is like that moment gave me strength to get through the rest. Cause I, that's actually where I feel like the moment in my life where I've trust the Lord the most is like, cause I was, my mom is there. She's never left the country. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of her safety. We have, I have a few friends. It's mostly her people. You know, there's every decision in that moment, even if you're close to the war or not, you could get, you put yourself in a bad 
situation. Yeah. And so every, I feel like every step that we had was highly discerned, highly prayer. You know, we were very mindful of what we were trying to do. But that moment really, like, it was a big, it felt like a big moment for me personally. Because the Lord was like, I really did want to stay. And I think that's what I learned is sometimes you have to go when the Lord says go. Mm. And sometimes we'll try to convince ourselves that our own opinions are what the Lord is actually telling us, but he's not. Yeah. You got married in Jerusalem on October 10th. (laughs) It happened. Uh, You didn't say, well, there's a lot going on right now. Let's let's, uh, postpone this. Let's have a nice safe wedding somewhere in the States or in the UK. Uh, you just went for it. Meanwhile, there's people who are not coming to the wedding anymore. Meanwhile, there are people who are on the, who are on the tour who are going to come to the wedding who are not coming anymore. Um, and you said you went from 100 people to 40 people. Mm-hmm. And still, you get married in Christ Church in Jerusalem on October 10th. What was that like? Well, I want to just quickly share as well we were in the Galilee and we were, you know, more or less safe. But my mom was in Tel Aviv. My bridesmaid was in Tel Aviv. His friend, who's a stunt coordinator for Fast and Furious, who's never been to Israel, not a believer, flew in on October 7th and saw, as he was getting out of his taxi, an explosion happened 100 meters from him in Tel Aviv. And so these, there's actually people also were not just um, responsible on the tour, but outside who are these tentacles reaching out yes and then we have to figure out how we're going to get these people to jerusalem as well because they are my mom was about to actually leave before my wedding because she was so frightened Mm. that you know being in tel aviv at that time was very different to where we were like there was bombs going off sirens sirens going off you know every single couple of minutes and um and so, yeah, we, we had to, we had, there was a lot of things going on, but what we loved actually was that the minister of Christchurch, David Pelegi, when we texted him saying, can we still get married on, on, in Christchurch? He said, of course, this isn't going to be the first war that we've married someone through. <laughs> and so I, we just were like, well, we've got to do it. And we asked some of the Israeli people that we knew, including our tour guide and some other friends, um, who uh, weren't actually even believers, some of them. And we asked them, would this be disrespectful to get married during this time? You know, we're not Israeli. We are coming into the country during the hardest time of their history. And they said, no, this would be honestly like a mitzvah. This would be, um, you know, doing something against Hamas, like not letting Hamas stop, uh, you know, war, proclaiming life in the midst of it. Mm. And so that... It wasn't that we, we did try and take these things into consideration, and but we really felt like we needed to do it. And mm-hmm. we had enough people there who loved us and who supported us. And my dad actually got stuck in London. He wasn't able to come, but I actually, I felt like it was still the right thing to do. And um, yeah, we went ahead. And the day before the wedding was the hardest because, um, that's when we actually did hear sirens and <laughs> our group still were touring, but we had to actually go and do wedding stuff at that time. You could so, hear the rockets. It was, um, we, so, will, it was so surreal yeah. to be taking her to a nail salon on picking up the wedding bands, you know, in Jerusalem. And yeah, it's just, it was like a police state. I've never, I've only been there, you know, like a handful of times, but it was empty. 
Yeah. You know, it's like apart from massive amounts of police presence. Massive amounts, and and, you know, it's just you hear the sirens, you run into a shelter, a shelter, and you're getting married tomorrow. So I walk into my nail appointment and then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I'm, we're like, the sirens go off. And at that point was probably my hardest hour. I hadn't slept the night before. We hadn't eaten the whole day. There was just so much going on, so much change that we had to figure out. Um, and I like even had hives on my legs because I was so stressed. But what was beautiful to me is that these Israeli women that were working in the nail salon, even though like, you know, I don't even have, I don't have family members that are affected by the war and I don't have, and we know some people in the army, but they're not close family members. And these women were able to comfort me in their time of mourning. Mm. And, um, they were giving me joy in their time of mourning. And (laughs) that was just unbelievable moment actually. And, um, the same thing happened with my hair because my hair appointment got canceled and I had to find someone new. And this guy was about to close up and he said, no, I'll come in. And his son was a sniper in Gaza. His like, his, his family was all caught up in the whole thing. And he put bridal, Jewish bridal music on and gave me like the most amazing haircut and was saying, you know, this is good. God's with you. God, Hashem's with you. Hashem's with you. And there were just like beautiful moments in the midst of really hard times and um and then we went in our into our wedding rehearsal at Christchurch that that evening was around five o'clock and as we were about to start the um sirens went off again and so we had to go under the church under the crypt and you could hear the rockets pretty clear yeah well it's probably the iron dome but Yeah. yeah you could hear the explosions and it was and it was just a surreal moment, like looking around, just, you know, only having two bridesmaids. So we're meant to be five looking around at the, at the rehearsal and seeing like, oh, wow, like this is not what I, this is so far from what we had imagined at the point we actually didn't have a reception venue anymore because they had canceled. And, um, what, what was that? That's why I think for us, we just know that God was so involved because honestly, I couldn't imagine not being disappointed and sad on, on my wedding day, on our wedding day. I remember at the rehearsal thinking, I'm just going to like look out at everyone and burst out crying because like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. But the next day on October 10th, we both woke up with the most supernatural peace and joy. Like it, it was like not, those three days hadn't even happened. It mm. was just so supernatural, the joy that we had. And we slept completely fully through the night and um, my mum managed to make it to Jerusalem. Everyone managed to be there. And at like midnight before, on the 9th, we got a phone call from the hotel that everyone was staying at that we could do their, our reception there. So it was like it all came together at the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. There's more to this story. Um, and you guys are making a documentary about this. It's nice to be filmmakers. So you can just say, let's make a documentary and we're going to do it. And it's pretty great, but there is more to the story. Um, but what I want to hear from you guys, just as we close is God taught you something. God showed you something. This, this is not just a picture of man and woman coming together. Um, you know, there's so many things that like at any point you guys could have just pulled the, the eject button said, this is not the right time, but you found hospitality, um, which is 
key and a character of the people in the Middle East. Um, but, but God showed you something um, about his kingdom and what he's up to in the world in the midst of your wedding. Um, what, what was that? What, I know there's a lot of take-homes with all of this, but what was that, that piece? That, there was a picture that God gave you in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many things, but I will share this one thing because it was very profound for me anyway, is what, as I was waiting to walk into the church, uh, this Messianic Jewish guy came out of nowhere and he was crying and he said, this is a prophetic picture of the bride of Christ. And this is not to put anything on me, but I think it was the situation. And it really got me thinking because I just planned this perfect wedding with all the bells and whistles. And I'm now in a very uncomfortable position and saying yes to actually get to the altar was actually pretty hard and um, not the perfect kind of easy way that, you know, you expect a bride to get to the altar on her, on the wedding day. And it really, it really showed me that this is actually the way to the altar to our true husband, you know, Jesus, this is the way of the bride of Christ that it's particularly, I think now more than ever that we are going to come and have difficult times and the bride we have to be a bride that will be willing to say yes through the war through the hardships even through people who you thought were going to be by your side and weren't there were people who left there were people who stayed and I remember reading the parable of the wedding Hmm. um when you know Jesus says many are called but few are chosen and he gives the parable about that you know there there were many people who had things to do and the worries of nurse of life and they didn't make it to the banquet so then he the the bridegroom went and got all the people from the streets highways and the byways byways, and actually that's literally what our wedding was like there were people that we didn't even know or recognize that were in there that just were invited in and um obviously there weren't people that we thought were going to be there, but they weren't some people who left some people who just couldn't get there and, um, and nothing against them, but it's just, that's, that was the picture. And it was just a, a real sense. Like I was like, Oh, this is like, I'm now living this prophetic picture. And, um, I think it's taught me that, we need to have we need to have grit and we need to um not necessarily expect comfortability and what actually is more important is the marriage mm. and not necessarily like all the things around it and um but we really witnessed the most amazing amazing love the people who stayed i actually felt a part of like jesus's heart in that because the people who stayed and were there for us even though it wasn't comfortable for them to say yes at that moment to stay, like it meant the world. We even said on our wedding day, like if you, we will be there for you guys. You were here for us on our day. We will be there for you for a lifetime. And I can <laughs> kind of like picture like, oh, Jesus they're must feel cast- a little bit they're of like that. They're already cashing in the favors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Jesus must feel a bit of that, you know, like the people who really say yes to him through the fire. Like he 
you know, it's, it's a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the covenant's so important. I mean, I think for me, like <clears throat> this was, I feel like one of the, I, I'm a kid from the country. Like I, and, and I'm in Israel, I'm getting married. There's a war. Like, what is I, my life? Right. Like, like, it is literally, <laughs> I, I think it sounds so cliche to sound. It just sounds like a movie. And, uh, you know, and I just, I, I had a chance. It was to me, so transformative in a sense where it's like, I just have to be obedient to the Lord. Clearly the Lord has set a plan with these days, <clears throat> you know, with our trips prior to Israel, like he is building something in my heart, not only for this woman, but for this land. And like, it's like, this is like, I, I don't know. I just felt like to me at some point, like, even though we were very sensitive to like, should we have this wedding here? Is it going to be disrespectful? Like I personally never felt like I, I, I mean, other than the normal, just like cold feet wedding doubts that everyone has, like I never wanted to like pull the plug on the wedding when we were there. And I just think that all came with obedience. My mother's obedience in this trip was tremendous. She never left the country and was in a, you know, in a war you know, for my wedding. And it's like, I was so proud of her, how she covered herself. And that was like all, and the reason she had that strength was because she read a devotion a week before the trip that said, you know, just have your steadfast heart with me. And that's all she did that entire trip was pray for that. Wow. And I just want to share this one story because it's like one of my favorite stories of this trip is we're walking in the nail salon, the sirens go off. She runs, we run inside, she leaves. I realize that our, our people are now at the wall and those things just went off. So I had this moment where I just get terrified. We're about where the King David Hotel is. I run all the way into the old city. It's like 15 yeah, it's not short. minute run. Right. It felt like an hour. And it was really like, I, it was, you know, I get there. I'm ex First of all, there's no one there except our group. Wow. It was just our group. Wow. And I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, I obviously that like guilt of us not being there anymore and people are there, something bad would happen, you just. know? And I get, I get to my mom and, and only the Lord can do this into someone. Cause she's never left the, like, she's such a person. I would not be like this. And I'm like, mom, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. I just, I just finished my prayer and I'm going to put it in the wall. Wow. Like so nonchalant. Like I've never seen this person before. Who are you, woman? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you birthed me, but I cannot recognize you right now. And right. like, that's, I think that's where I like all, all of us had this obedience that we were going to finish the mission. And, it, and we all believed it was going to be God's mission to finish this wedding. And it, like, that's that one story with my mom is just a, a little antidote of all the people's breakthroughs because of the obedience, because they stayed there, because, they, you know, we heard someone say, you know, actually, I probably shouldn't say that because it's kind of demeaning, but <clears throat> actually, it's not, you can choose to use this, but like he says, in war, you know, you see who your friends are because they, they run with you, not away from you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't take away from the people who left, but the people who stayed, you really have this you know, this, this bond that will never be broken. Cause we've been through things that we never thought we would be ever go through together. And God told and, you about 
suffering, you need to have a heart for Israel through his suffering, right? Yeah, and that was one beautiful moment too, I think, and it does go with the obedience to it, is we were following following the wedding, we were at Sukkah Halal, and um, some of the remaining people were still there. And actually, that was another God moment that was just incredible. We ended up going to Sukkah Halal just on a random, like, 2 o'clock. And all of our, like, the remaining members of our group are there. There's, like, eight of us, and no one coordinated it. We just <laughs> all went to the same place at the same time. Like, if that isn't the Lord, I don't know what yeah, is. And I was there, and I just remember, like, the Lord really, he was, like, whispering into my ear when I was there. Um it just felt like he said the first time he came, he came, I came to Israel. It was like, he put it on the map for me. Like it was actually like, it became a real place. So it was like, you know, your heart is going to grow here. There was like, it was like the, I feel like the one Oh one, like the introduction, like he's like, this is something that is going to be more in your life. But here's like the, the, the gradual enter of it. Like, you know, I was co-leading a trip with her and, you know, so there was a lot going on, but I felt like that was more, like that was like more of like a um like it was like a brotherly trip yeah. like that's how that felt this one was like he goes i he, he, he whispered into my ear i want you to the reason that you're here right now is so that you can feel what israel is going through and, and he, he's like, he wanted me to actually, so that, so I can learn to love. If I feel the same way that the people of Israel are feeling and mourning with them in this moment and feel, you know, this is like a bonding thing. When you go through, like, I feel like that would happen in any country that you're at, especially Israel though. But like, you are at a place where they are getting attacked. There's like a bit of a bonding. I mean, every bar we would go to that was opened and people like people were so friendly, so supportive. And you kind of felt like because at any given moment, something bad could happen. We could maybe not be around. Right. You know, you share that sense of bonding. Like we were kind of all in this together. Together, right. And yeah. I feel like that's what he had for me as to call out is like, I wanted you to feel that. Like, I mean, I feel like you'd even go to a convenience store and get a Pepsi or whatever. Not that I ever do that because I'm healthy, but, <laughs> 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 but you know, like it, there's just like a sense of that camaraderie. Like you have right. stuck it out. Like you're either here to cause trouble or you're, you're here to fight. That's right. And like, I did feel like it was like, for me, I never thought a million years, A, I would get married in Israel or B, I'd be in a war in Israel. And that both happened. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's changed it's our little, lives uh, and it's, it's changed everyone else's life who was with us. It's, it's incredible. And that's actually what our documentary is about. It's actually not about us. It's about the people who came because they've had the most incredible encounters with God and with Israel that that didn't happen during a time of a tour or a peace, but it happened during a time of, of war yeah. where they didn't even get to see most of the country. So the documentary is called? Make Love, Not War. Make Love, Not War. <laughs> and you are going into a fundraising season for that to be able to build up capital to make it. Yes. And uh, if it all goes your way, when would we see this documentary out and about? Probably next year. Next year. Yeah. 
I this think would be a time. It, it takes time. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for if you, if <clears throat> you are if you felt compelled and you love the story, you want to see the story made. Um, then we would we'll we'll have the link there, and people can go there and they can support it. Um, what an amazing story! Um, and I, I can picture some of these places, and uh, I just think you know. The, the grace of God that our, our tour was going to be the day after. Mm. And I can't imagine one of the things I kept thinking is like, man, thank goodness we were not having to move 35 people and try to figure out what safe looks like. And mm-hmm. all, just, and then to be in the midst of all of that a couple of days before your wedding, I can't imagine. And so, um, I'm so thankful that you guys listen to God in those moments um, that you persevered through some of the hard pieces that your, not just your wedding day, but your marriage and really our marriage to Jesus is this picture of its perseverance. Mm. Um, go to some of the synagogues, go to Chorazin, and you'll see the steps to get up to the temple. They're not OSHA approved. They're not all 14 inches, all even going all the way up. They're very jagged and some are longer. And what the the picture is, is that you have to be aware of what it is that you're walking into. Mm. Uh, It's not easy. We we go on hikes in Israel. We go up to Mount Arbel and we sit and we get to spend time with the Lord. And what we realize in the message is that being in relationship with God takes work. Mm. Uh, And it's not always going to be easy mm. uh, and your marriage is this beautiful picture of uh we are coming into these times the, the stage is being set the actors are being put in place mm. uh that it's not going to be easier uh to to step up and to declare your love for the lord and we know in mm-hmm. the end days that the love of many will grow cold mm-hmm. um and so your picture your marriage is a picture it's a story and so thankful to be able to hear that and share that with our audience so um, bless you thank you i'm sure that you are not deterred there's another trip to israel in your future i'm guessing yeah 100 percent. we're connected forever now (laughs) that's right well um, thank you for sharing and uh, may all who listen to this uh, may you be blessed by the hearing and uh, the sharing of this story Um, Thank you for listening and shalom. Thank you. Thank you.